0: has four letters occasionally has 12 letters always has six letters but never has five letters i don't know what don't you know
1: the answer to what <laughs> to your riddle
0: oh no that wasn't a, r- a riddle <laughs> what what has four letters that's just a statement <laughs> occasionally has, has 12 <laughs> oh letters. my
1: god words
0: never has five letters those are just all sentences. They're oh, all okay. just statements.
1: You're not. <laughs> this is the kind of podcast we're going to do today. <laughs> You're just going to be exceedingly difficult.
0: <laughs> Welcome to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy Exceedingly Difficult Randala. And with me is Samantha Joyfully Pleasant. He's. <laughs> I'm joyfully pleasant? Yeah.
1: Okay, thank you. You're
0: welcome. (laughs) I think that's a compliment. What what part of that is not a compliment?
1: Well, like, when you call someone pleasant, it means that, like, you don't fully enjoy being around them.
0: Oh, I see no downside to pleasant. I wish people would be like, oh, yeah, Indy's very pleasant. (laughs) He's joyfully pleasant. But no, I'm exceedingly difficult. Uh. <laughs> so samantha how are you if you're not feeling joyfully pleasant
1: um i'm good i'm good it's uh kind of a strange time of year because it's been from when we're recording this which is about the second week of march we've been uh in pandemic world for about a year now
0: yeah I'm sure everybody's making the, the same joke, but like, ooh, this March just keeps on going. <laughs> yeah,
1: we are back in March, and it feels like we feels never left. Like still
0: in March. Still in March,
1: yeah. So it's been interesting to kind of see, um, this was like the last week for me, where I was still doing normal things, and masks weren't a thing yet, and we weren't like completely scared of the virus, because we didn't really understand what was coming, mm-hmm. um, so like, this day uh last year i was at a cheer competition and we had no idea that everything would be shut down like later this week and um we gathered with family and we saw lots of people and then we didn't realize that everything would come to like a screeching halt in like the next 10 days
0: oh not me i feel like uh, i've I'm pretty sure I've always been in quarantine, I've always (laughs) worn a mask, and I know no other life.
1: Uh, No, you do. This is my life. No. It
0: always has been. I'm quite sure.
1: (laughs) You don't remember the before times?
0: No. Oh, you mean the long, long ago?
1: Yeah, the long, long ago.
0: I hear tale of the before times. A time where people put their hands together and shook them as a greeting. A time when people sneezed freely (laughs) and children roamed the streets. Licking everything they could find.
1: <laughs> but it's been also nice this week because we've been kind of looking ahead to when the pandemic ends and we'll be able to have a wedding.
0: Yeah. So one it, day. It
1: kind of feels like we're in like the middle of it, like midpoint. Because I have a feeling March twenty twenty two will be completely different again. Yeah,
0: we'll have something different to worry about by then. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. But yeah, hopefully we'll be vaccinated. Yes. I'm going to do a little public service announcement. Uh, we all as a globe kind of got behind, well, not the real dummies, but about making a vaccine for this. Mm-hmm. And it was done in a year, which is unheard of and amazing and great work to all those people out there who uh, who dropped their lives to make this vaccine a reality. Yeah. Uh, Keep in mind that there are all sorts of other vaccines people are working on. Most of them were dropped so they could make this one. Yeah. Like there's HIV vaccines that are being worked on that we are kind of just forgetting about because it doesn't affect most of us directly. Yeah. Lots of the world is affected. So just as much as we wanted to donate and talk about all the vaccines for Mm COVID-19, which was great. We should also look at those other things that can be eradicated if the money went into them. Very true. But they're not because the people who experience a lot of these things, like, honestly, people don't care about them as much.
1: And they don't have the money to fund it.
0: Right. So go uh, look into that. Give money to April. She's working on something right now.
1: (laughs) April is Indy's sister, and he's currently wearing a vaccine hoodie that she gave him. Yeah, that's true. I think it's very funny that you gave that little speech and you're wearing a vaccine hoodie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm all for it.
1: Yeah. It's a very comfy looking hoodie. I'm kind of jealous sometimes. You
0: can borrow it whenever you want. Okay. And then people will know that you're all for studies on HIV vaccines.
1: Yeah. I am all for it. Yeah. Maybe I I need to announce it more.
0: Yeah. It's not something that comes up all that often.
1: No, not really. Not... When you and the people, the four people I work with are the only people I see on a
0: day-to-day basis. That as well. You know what does come up in everyday conversation? Things we've been watching. Yeah. So we will get into the main point of this show. How this is going to work is Samantha and I will each have a spoiler-free review of something that we're into at the moment. And then Samantha is going to tell me what we'll be watching for our big watch next week.
1: Yes. But until then... Samantha, what's your thing of the week? Um, my thing of the week is a Netflix show called New Amsterdam.
0: Tell me about this.
1: Uh, so it's a medical drama. Um, it started in 2018. And it's kind of like a refreshed version of like Grey's Anatomy. Um, if you're familiar with Grey's Anatomy, you know that it's um, kind of like medicine and... Hunks? hunks yeah i was trying to find a good word for that but yeah hunks um and sexual tension and the social lives of doctors who basically live at a hospital and um after i believe it has like 13 or 14 seasons what it's getting how is the show
0: gone on for 14 years and i've never even heard of it Grey's anatomy Oh, I thought you were talking about New Amsterdam. I
1: was kind of going to equate Grey's Anatomy to New Amsterdam. But yeah, so Grey's Anatomy, it's getting very um, kind of redundant and ridiculous, you know, when shows go on for too long. They run out of like problems, right? Yeah,
0: they jump that shark. They jump the shark.
1: And um, so Grey's Anatomy, I I kind of stopped watching because it's just too ridiculous. And the, the problems are too unreal um it was fun the first few seasons because you got to see like really out there kind of medical problems and then eventually it was like this crazy thing happened and this person did this and we're gonna do this life-saving thing because every bone in their body is broken and it's just like it's too much it's too much so new amsterdam is great because it's um kind of like what i wish gray's anatomy still was
0: it's a little more grounded in reality. It's
1: very grounded in reality. So, um, so it stars Ryan Eggold as Dr. Max Goodwin, who you see at the start of the show on his first day as the medical director of New Amsterdam Hospital. And, um, you slowly get to meet some of the other doctors who work uh, kind of under him. And you also learn, um, that he has throat cancer. So he's got, you know, problems himself, but he's also, like, just trying really hard to be a good doctor. So I really enjoy this one because it is, like I said, kind of more grounded in reality. You can kind of see more realistic struggles that the doctors are going through, and um, some of the cases that come in are still, like, very interesting His medical dramas tend to, like... Medical dramas tend to like showcasing uh, like really out there diseases that you might not see every day at your like local Medi center or Hopefully. school <laughs> yeah so uh, that's still fun without it being like a mystery disease we've never seen before
0: so I don't watch these types of medical dramas I don't have a lot of familiarity. Is, like, romance a big part of the show as well?
1: Not as much as in, like, Grey's Anatomy, for instance. Um, There are some romances. There's uh, kind of some, like, hookups between doctors. But I think it's mostly just because of how much time they would spend together. Um, Not so much, like, actual romance.
0: So it's more medical drama than it is soap opera.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Because I, I also haven't seen Grey's Anatomy, but from what I hear, mostly from you, it's kind of an even blend of soap opera and medical drama. Yes. And this focuses on the medicine more often?
1: Yes, yeah. And like creative problem solving and um, Dr. Goodwin is definitely someone who like really thinks outside of the box. He's often going against the advice of other doctors or the hospital staff or the hospital board and thinks of some kind of of out-of-the-box solution for stuff that either saves the hospital money or saves a patient's quality of life. And uh, it ends up kind of like saving the day, but in a really roundabout way.
0: Are there moments when like the chief medical examiner or whoever is like, Dr. Goodwin? Yeah. Dr. Goodwin, you can't do that. And he's like, watch me. Is <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff going on?
1: Um, yeah, maybe not like that exact moment. But yeah, it's definitely like there's moments where he's really pushing the boundaries. And you're like, I don't know if he can come back from this because it's like so out there. But then he does and he saves the day or he makes someone's life better.
0: So Dr. Goodwin, you can't do that. You're going to get fired. The only thing I get is results. Like that,
1: <laughs> he gets fired in like the second or the third episode, um,
0: and refuses. He refuses the firing. Yeah, is that an option? No. I've never been fired by from a job, but now um, if they try to, I'm be like, no, thank you, <laughs> no thanks. I'd rather not.
1: And I don't accept. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's just kind of a cool guy. That sounds awful when I say it like he that. He's one of
0: those cool guys. One of those
1: cool guys. Um, he's just a different kind of doctor, and I think it revitalizes this underfunded public institution that uh, sorely needs someone to like uplift and inspire.
0: Oh cool. So did they get into that? Like the nature of the American healthcare system yeah. and how it's like crumbling and he's working against it?
1: Yeah, he's very um socialist in some of his views too. He's I'm talking listening. about like decentralizing medicine yeah, and man. Going into, um, there's one episode that I just recently watched where uh, he was uh, running through a black, uh, like predominantly black neighborhood. And he plays basketball with this group of guys because they're down a guy. And he um, starts talking to them and he realizes that everyone he's like playing basketball with are... Um, like, they don't go to the doctor because they, they're not sick. That's basically the mindset. Mm-hmm. And then one of the guys collapses because he had undiagnosed hypertension and has a heart attack. And so he, uh, Dr. Goodwin starts to think up this plan of training, um, the barbers where all these guys hang out to check blood pressure and to watch for things that, um, these men would be higher, um, would be more susceptible to there's like certain diseases that they'd be more susceptible to like like undiagnosed hypertension and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing so they're already in a comfortable environment so he's thinking of different ways to kind of diagnose people who won't go to the hospital
0: right i like the outcome of that so i will not criticize the setup of it okay (laughs) but yeah
1: i know um so yeah, so he, uh, he's definitely working to kind of shake up the regular, like, healthcare system and the way that the board is used to running things and the way that publicly funded hospitals in the past have run. And he comes up with, like, really creative solutions. Um, like he has a homeless man who comes to the hospital every time it's, like, raining or really cold. And so they end up just renting him an apartment. So that he can get back on his feet and he doesn't have to come into the hospital and get multiple tests and thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars spent on him. And it's actually cheaper for them to just rent him an apartment.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, he's
0: basic universal income. Exactly. It would actually be cheaper.
1: Exactly. So but
0: then we'd be rewarding people's laziness. Ooh. We can't have that. We have to punish those who don't work in our system. Yeah, exactly. But I'm going to stop. This sounds interesting. It kind of sounds like a concept I'm more familiar with through uh, like cop movies of the 80s and early 90s where like there's a renegade cop who plays by his own rules, but he gets results, damn it. It kind of sounds like it's in that mold, but mixing that with your uh, Grey's Anatomy type.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd say everyone should check it out. It's on Netflix. It's kind of a fun light watch with some really interesting things kind of thrown in.
0: And is it like an hour-long drama? So meaning like 44-minute episodes? Yeah, it's
1: about 40-ish.
0: And how many seasons of this are there currently?
1: There are two, and the third season is currently airing on television. So I'm assuming there will be another one in a couple months.
0: Okay, so two available to watch on Netflix, and then you can catch the other ones now. Yes. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's kind of a fun escape. So Indy... What's your thing the week? What have you been doing while you've been home?
0: Oscillating between malaise and generalized panic. But oh. while I'm not doing that, I watched Avatar, <laughs> The Last Airbender. Oh my goodness.
1: I worry about leaving you at home.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been, it's, it hasn't been great. It hasn't been great. The first one... I was doing so good because it was summer and I got into like great shape. I was lifting a lot of weights.
1: You were biking all over the place. Every
0: day. And I was like enjoying myself because I'd just be outside all the time. This time it's during winter and I hurt my shoulders so I can't move my arms. So I just uh, sit and worry for hours on end. But when I'm not doing that, I was watching Avatar The Last Airbender. (laughs)
1: Tell me about that.
0: So uh, this is an animated series. I believe it originally ran from 2005 to 2008. All three seasons are currently on Netflix, so you can watch it there. I don't know how I never really paid attention to this show. I think I was never really one for anime. I don't know those series, and it seems like an entire world that I wasn't ready to get into. Mm-hmm. And this isn't an anime in the strictest sense, but it uh, draws from it a great deal. So the premise of the show is we're living in a world where there's four nations, essentially. There's your the fire, water, air, and earth. hmm and within these nations there are certain people who are called benders meaning that they can control that element in like a supernatural way oh. so a firebender can like shoot fire and water benders can control water and make it into ice and make it flow different ways so you're living in a somewhat supernatural world but it's not depicted supernaturally it's people who can do this train at it and it's like a like a martial art to them okay and this didn't really entice me to watch it it seems like something like yeah that's a a Fairly typical setup. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's interesting to some people, but I never really wanted to see it uh, for whatever reason, and probably because I have a good bit of time on my hands these days. <laughs> I thought, oh, well, I'll give it a shot. I'll watch a few episodes. It's going to be something easy and light that I can watch while I'm editing photos. Or doing something else, yeah. Yeah. And then it got really good, and I was <laughs> very surprised. So, the first thing I want to say about it is. It seems like this show was planned, like to the episode, that it was going to be this many episodes right from the beginning. Because the arcs take the full amount of time, nothing really seems rushed. And there's great payoff for things, and they don't contradict themselves like Mm -hmm. a lot of shows do. A lot of shows that end up going longer than they expected, characters will make their big arc, and then you're like, okay, now what? And then they revert, and it goes back and forth, and it changes, and you don't feel like there's consistency to these characters or any sort of linear growth. They're kind of just all over the place and erratic because they don't know how long the show's going to last for. I don't know the behind the scenes of this show, but it definitely seems like they knew exactly how long it was going to go for. They didn't want to do any more, they didn't want to do any less, because the way it uh, comes about, not only in the overarching story, but also these character journeys is, is great. And first of all, I should say, the characters are all between the ages of... 12 and 15, all of the main characters at least. There are older people throughout the world because it's not just a world of children, but those are the main characters. And this show also, it's great for children. It's an all ages show. There's nothing really objectionable in it. Like maybe you could say there's violence because people fight, but it's Mm. nothing that I think a seven year old couldn't deal with. Right. It's, It's fun. There's great examples in it. I know people are very concerned with uh, cultural appropriation Mm -hmm. today, and, and rightfully so. And you might look at the show that's definitely taking a lot from Japanese, Chinese, Indian cultures, Inuit cultures, and you would be like, oh, I don't know about that. And I think this is a great example of how you can take from those things, borrow from those things, and pay homage to it Mm -hmm. rather than taking it and appropriating it for yourself because again I don't know about the makers of this but I would imagine they have a team of people who are studying these cultures because I have a good bit of linguistics background so I can read some Chinese characters and I know some Sanskrit stuff and there's so many little Easter eggs for all you people who are um, multilingual. Like, oh. Even, like, the name Avatar, where that comes from. And then you see corresponding Chinese characters, even though Avatar is from a Sanskrit word. And there's really interesting stuff. If you want to nerd out, go for it. Also, the architecture from it going from these different nations. Because one is very steeped in, um, I'm not sure what they're called, the, the Inuit of what's modern day Siberia Mm -hmm. there's lots of their stuff Um, (laughs) one nation is much more based on Chinese architecture and they actually had this one episode where they talk about chakras and I've had that explained to me and it either sounds nonsensical or stupid
1: or magic yeah and then when I heard (laughs) it in
0: this I was like whoa that's amazing maybe I actually do want to get interested in that and there's things like uh, the city of Ba say, which is fictional in this world, is clearly about the Forbidden City and uh, the Great Wall of China. Their fighting styles, like each nation has its own fighting style. But if you're into martial arts, you can be like, oh yeah, that's mantis style. I know that. And you can like see all of these things. So they're definitely very studied. And I think that's why it's informed homage to these cultures and not... Theft and appropriation. Mm. It seems like this is a show that's created by a new generation who grew up with anime. Just like I talk about um, Scorsese and his generation of filmmakers grew up with film, and they're the first generation of like film school people. Right. This definitely seems like a show like that. I'm sure there's all sorts of references to different anime that I'm not aware of because I'm not terribly familiar with that. <laughs> but it seems there's like there's lots of references, lots of homage. And that these people who made it are definitely students of that genre and students of the world because there's so many things that they're pulling together to uh, to bring into the show that you can watch it as a seven-year-old and be like, oh, this is a cool story about a young boy growing up. And it's great for that. If you want to nerd out and be scholarly like I like to, it's (laughs) great for that. But I think overall, it's great for its storytelling and character development. Like there's a backstory for everything. You meet somebody, you're going to hear about where they came from, why they turned up there. And a lot of the time that's going to pay off maybe a couple seasons later. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes (laughs) it's just good information to have. And it's a great story that you hear along the way. Because there's lots of episodes that are like one-offs where it's an adventure that they go on that week. Mm-hmm. And then there's the main storyline that they're constantly working on. Because it, in its essence, it's a show about three and then four and then five <laughs> kids growing up and going on this adventure for one big end goal. And they have that end goal right at the beginning. And it takes the full three seasons to uh, get to the culmination of all of it. And along the way, they have these great adventures, and they grow up. In a lot of shows, especially animated ones, you don't actually see people grow up, like both in the physical sense and the character-wise. Mm-hmm. But these characters actually age, Oh. which is really interesting to see, especially as you get into the third and final season. That's unusual. Yeah, and they grow there's some great redemption arcs in this, uh, better than in most shows or movies that we consider, like, for adults and being very well written. The redemption arcs in this aren't just a throwaway at the end, like a lot of shows do, where, like, oh, I've learned my lesson, I'm better now. It takes three years, and there's setbacks along the way, and it just feels very fully realized, and I think that's what's going to draw in people who don't necessarily watch animated shows in fantasy worlds. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't really know many shows like that. But the character work and the storytelling is what really sets this apart from, from other ones. Uh, It also deals with things that are more complex if you wanted to get into that because it is a world that's at war and they're trying to bring peace to it. But they talk about like genocide and imperialism and totalitarianism. These are all elements in it. And they even get into like free will and free choice, predestination, guilt and redemption. All of this is in this cartoon that's kind of targeted at 7 to 11-year-olds probably. But again, you can take it... As you will. There's a lot of really interesting stuff. It's also funny. I think there's a lot of really funny moments <laughs> in it. Uh, Sokka, that character, is hilarious to me. He's a goof, and a lot of his jokes don't land, and that's why they're funny oh. because they don't land for the characters in right. it. Um, there's great animals. Oh, I love all the pets in this. So it's a world based on ours, but all of the animals are mixtures of other animals. Oh. So there's um, otter, penguins, cat, owls, tiger dillos, and then one character has a bear, and they're like, oh, like a bear bat? And they're like, oh, you mean a cat bear? And he's like, no, a bear. And all the characters are like, a bear? And it's just a, a Just bear. a
1: single animal. Yeah.
0: And there's a sky bison named sky bison? Appa, who's my favorite.
1: Does he fly? Yes. <gasps> That's cool. It,
0: it really is. Yeah, the animals are are very cool.
1: You showed me um a penguin otter today yeah weren't they cute very cute
0: the southern water tribes have penguin otters that they ride sometimes it's
1: cute i want stuffed animals of all of these
0: yeah me too (laughs) i totally would have an appa i like an appa and a totoro i think would be Mm, best friends
1: yep for
0: sure Well, I feel like I could talk about this show for (laughs) a very long time.
1: And I've been listening to you talk about it for weeks.
0: (laughs) It was mostly because of how surprised I was. Mm -hmm. Because I don't expect the same level of attention to detail and development out of shows targeted at children. Yeah, And I like that the creators of this don't talk down to their audience at all. They're like, yeah, if you're seven years old... What a great time to learn about the dangers of totalitarianism. Because, like, it's true, right? Yeah. If you can put it in a way that's going to still have that appeal, why not? And I'm Mm -hmm. glad they did. So, uh, of course, I'm sure people out there are either in two camps. You've either seen it years ago and you love it, or you have no intention of seeing it. But I think you should. You should give it a chance. And if you do watch it, there's other good news, because there's more for you to watch. So there is a series called The Legend of Korra, which I am just about to start. I believe it takes place in the same world, but about 70 years later. Mm. So that's exciting. There was a terrible live action movie uh, Shyamalan (laughs) did. And I will watch that. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) You sound very hesitant. I think I may have actually seen it because they did it on How Did This Get Made? Oh. And I watch every How Did This Get Made movie, which are frequently terrible, but frequently very fun. Yes. And Netflix is doing a live action adaptation. They're working on that currently. I have mixed feelings about that because when you do live action adaptations of animated stuff, my first question is, why? Why? What are you going to add that was not already said from the animated show? And a lot of the times they don't add anything, so then I feel like why does it need to exist? Uh, My second reservation is that the creators of the animated show were a part of that and have since left over creative differences, so that's never a good sign either. And the day I finished the series I got the news that Nickelodeon, I think, has created Avatar Studios. And in the promises of creating original content spanning animated series and movies. So I think in the near future, we might be getting a whole bunch more set in this world, and I'm here for it. I'm very excited for to watch all of that.
1: That's exciting when you get really into something and then you realize that there's like years and years more stuff to do yes, with it.
0: I think I'll have to wait a couple of years yeah. for all that stuff to come out. But in the meantime, I recommend everyone go out there and watch Avatar The Last Airbender currently on netflix and i think because of some of these deals and nickelodeon who i believe is owned by cbs is going to have their own streaming service because everyone has to now everyone has a streaming and it's just going to be the issue of cable tv all, all over, over again, again. <laughs> yeah um so i believe once all those deals currently expire i think avatar won't be on netflix and we'll be going to that platform so, so watch it now watch it now well, I've talked about airbending for enough time. <laughs> what I'd like to hear about now is the movie that we are going to be watching next week. So there's
1: no airbending. Ah. Uh, but um, I did give you one clue. What was
0: the clue I gave you? You told me it's an Adam Scott movie. No. I oh no, you said Adam, Adam Scott, Scott is in it. it, and then I got excited and thought, like, oh, are we watching Torque?
1: No. Which is
0: a joke because that's not uh, the best, I think. <laughs> So what are we going to watch? So
1: this is another edition of I loved this when I saw it in 2010, and maybe we will now. Okay, <laughs> we need a catchier like phrase for this, but um, it, we are going to be watching the Matthew Good Amy Adams 2010 movie Leap Year.
0: I've never even heard of this. <laughs> I had a feeling you would. Matt know. Good, like Matt Good?
1: Yeah. Matthew Good,
0: the musician.
1: Um, maybe is he the same person?
0: Like Matt Goodband? I don't.
1: Um, no, he's just an actor named Matt Good. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this movie is another kind of travel movie, and maybe I'm like subconsciously picking this because I miss going places. Uh, so it's set in Ireland.
0: One of your favorites.
1: No. Um so it's a romantic comedy about uh an old tradition, an Irish tradition, that on Leap Day, which is February 29th, you can uh as a woman propose to your partner and um all of the like regular old fashioned conventions of society don't apply. So you can you can propose.
0: Oh, like Leap Day William.
1: No, I told you about Leap Day, William. Did.
0: <laughs> yeah, on every Leap Day, you take a leap and do something that you normally otherwise wouldn't.
1: It sounds nice when you phrase it like Leap Day, William. This sounds a little bit like it might be uh, deep-seated sexism.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It is my understanding that she doesn't get proposed to, so she's like, aha, I'll propose to him on Leap Day. Yes, and she can't just like whenever. No. Okay.
1: Um, so there's an adventure through Ireland to get to her boyfriend, who is um, Adam Scott. Oh. Yeah. And... Um, Wait, then
0: who's Matt Good in it? Or she, Matthew Good, not Matt Good.
1: Matthew Good is a kind Irishman.
0: And she's not going to fall in love with him? I don't know. Well, if Adam Scott didn't propose, that in a romantic comedy makes you an evil person. Yes. So it kind of seems like she's going to go on the journey of proposing to him, but then fall in love with a charming Irishman.
1: Yes, is that what happens? Um, I mean, I don't want to say yes or no. I think
0: you he... literally just said yes.
1: <laughs> okay, yes, that's what happens.
0: <laughs> well, really? Yeah. After like one sentence explanation, did I figure out the plot? Yeah, you did. Ah, <laughs> okay.
1: You... Well, let's watch a trailer, and you can see just how much of the plot uh you got correct
0: get ready to lose your mind guess who i saw walking out of the store carrying that little red bag oh my god so this is for you okay hold on we gotta work on your surprise face ask me ask me will you marry me <gasps> Bigger eyes
1: Oh me? the good news is you have time to practice between now and then <laughs>
0: they're earrings yeah a little something to keep your ears warm while i'm in dublin It is leap year, you know. In Ireland, a woman can propose to a man on the 29th of February.
1: Dad, I'm not going to Dublin. Oh,
0: my God! I'm not going to die without getting engaged! (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we are diverting to Cardiff, Wales. Wales? Hello. I need a taxi to Dublin. I'm your man, missus. I'll drive you to Dublin.
1: Thank you. I'm going to propose to my boyfriend on leap day.
0: Yeah? Yeah. So,
1: I thought... Woo! (laughs) Woo! That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) This January... Hi, cows. Let's move.
0: Comes as a real shock to find out that you speak fluent cow. The girl who's always in control... (laughs) ...will find out what happens... You fried my Blackberry. You fried the whole village! When you lose Whoa. it... Whoa. Wait! Stop it! The car! My ride!
1: I've got a room. You two are married, aren't you? It's Mr. and Mrs. Okay, I like Lovely. I just can't wait to see you. You can't imagine what I've been through. You can see right through the garden. Can you? Can you? No peeking. You're young, married, in love. Show us
0: a kiss. Mm. it, man. Kiss the
1: girl. What's your face right now?
0: I don't like being right, always. (laughs) But in my mind, I was like, oh, and then they'll go on an adventure, and her only characteristic is, I'm clumsy, so I'm relatable. And he's exotic but not too exotic we don't want like a brown guy or anything he's exotic so he has an accent and then they'll fall in love and it kind of seems like yeah that that's it that's the movie yeah
1: yeah now i kind of regret choosing this but...
0: <laughs> you can't regret it yet we haven't even done the episode but well we'll watch it <laughs> it should doesn't look good <laughs> no it doesn't it might be okay uh, yeah, it doesn't look good. I've never even heard of this movie, though. Was it successful?
1: It made $32.6 million.
0: And probably cost about 20 ish you'd think.
1: Yeah, so, I don't know. I'm not excited all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> It seems outdated and stupid,
0: but we'll see. I don't know if it seems outdated. I think it seems exactly what we've been doing for the last 20 years in romantic comedies. But I'm interested in how they're going to make Adam Scott bad, because although not proposing is grounds for uh, breaking up with someone in many of these movies. Like, <laughs> you brought uh, Bridesmaids? Bride Wars. Oh,
1: let's well, not Bride Wars more. a oh, while ago. Oh, no, we're going for another Bride War. And
0: that was, like, another uh, movie where the idea of a woman jumps to the conclusion that he's going to propose, then, then he doesn't, and that's, like, a terrible thing that he has done, and rather than them speaking about it, there's a, a big grand gesture that ends in hilarity or failure. Right? Yeah. Which is the thing that we see in a lot of movies. We do. And two people thrown together and they're like, what? This guy? I hate this guy. (laughs) We're not a couple at all. And they're arguing and then through the arguments they are like, wait a minute. Is this what I needed all along? That happens a lot. And it seems like this is just a few of those plot devices that we've seen in other movies cobbled together but maybe it's different maybe it's going to take a different twist on things maybe it's going to cobble to them together in the best way possible and be the best version of that because Mm -hmm. you can be a movie that's done the same thing that many movies do and then just do it better
1: yeah i guess you could do that
0: but we'll see i guess we'll
1: see cautious optimism
0: (laughs) When you had said a movie that you liked in the past but may not like anymore and had Adam Scott, I was thinking, wasn't Adam Scott in Monster In-Law? And I thought it was going to be that.
1: Oh, the Jennifer Lopez... Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda show? Yeah. Yeah, uh, It it's not that. I have seen that one, um, but uh, I, that is not the movie we're watching. Maybe we should have watched that one. Okay, well, we're going to go watch leap year uh and uh we'll meet you back here next week when we discuss what we thought of that movie
0: are there any places where we could watch this movie easily
1: yes it is available on prime video with the regular subscription so you can find it there and i'm sure there are other places like your local library where you can get copies of it
0: Oh, no, I got rid of all the copies of Leap Year. Oh, did you burn them all?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Were they all mysteriously damaged?
0: (laughs) Or you can uh, click a link in the show notes that might have some of the movies in there as well. Oh, yeah. All right. Looking forward to watching Leap Year from... 2010. 2010. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.